Hi everyone, welcome back to the A's and B's podcast. Today we're going to be talking about breaking the rules. So I'm going to put everyone on the spot here and uh, ask you all, what's the most rebellious thing you've ever done? I think for me, I, I don't think I was that rebellious when I was a little kid, but the one thing I did, which one might call rebellious, is I left my little three-year-old brother. I think he was three. I don't know. Anyways, I went to the, um, you know, those, I don't know what they were called, but it's like a little center or something. And it was like nighttime. And I knew mom was coming back in like the next two hours. Um, so I didn't think it would be an issue because he was sleeping. <laughs> um, I went to like a like a gathering type thing. It was only down the road. And yeah, I wanted to have a good time. I came back and it was a problem because my mom was at home. <laughs> How old were you so, when you did that? I think I was like 14, let's say you're seven. Where were we? I don't know. You weren't at home. But uh, yeah, I got in trouble for that. <laughs> I can see why. <laughs> you left a three-year-old by themselves. I mean, first of all, my friends were like, Duffin, you never come to nothing. And then um, it was like, I know mom's coming back in like the next hour or so. And he was sleeping. So mm. I really didn't think anything was going to come of it. But here we go. You know, saying that, I think a lot of parents do actually leave their kids like sleep don't do it don't this don't do this guys but um they do leave their kids if someone if your child's sleeping they'll probably just leave them and then go up go about maybe go shopping and then come back home like yeah i it's, mean it's hard it's not like I, ha- I left the oven on you know something could happen like a fire yeah i don't think yeah i didn't think it would be a bad thing but anyways to be honest though i feel like there's valid reasons for them leaving their kids at home i don't think it's just like casual neglect to go to the pub i feel like um ethnic more often than not ethnic or low-income families have to take that risk if you're working more than one job you don't have the spare money to like um get a babysitter exactly (laughs) um or have some yeah it just doesn't work out so you usually have your the other siblings or no one with your child because you still need to shop you still need to make that money to keep them alive um, I agree with you, Ida, there. I think it's also not even just having um, money to sort of get a babysitter, but also there's so many other things that you need to do when, when you have a child. Like, you need to prepare food for them. You still need to look after a house, uh, the house, especially if you're a single mother, so mm. you can sort of rely upon your kids. Problem is, are these children reliable? I'm looking at you, Daphne. <laughs> um, <laughs> because we're kids, we just want to have fun too. So, exactly. yeah, that's we don't want to be looking after. Our little siblings, mom. <laughs> um, lucky for some, from my perspective as the firstborn, <laughs> I didn't have a choice. Yeah. And especially being brought up in an ethnic household, my mom took me around teaching me to cook, um, teaching me like to clear up things. So if she wasn't around, I kind of was ready to take care of Ida and my little brothers. Mm. Um, so I didn't have the option to kind of be like, I just want to have fun. <laughs> like some of these middle children. <laughs> and hey. I think that's why she could make the decision to leave us on our own. Because she'd aptly prepared at least the eldest yeah. to help the youngest ones about. And to make sure that we weren't answering the door in case anyone did turn <laughs> up. <laughs> but don't you guys feel like, well, for, I'm speaking to my sisters anyways. Um, don't you feel like Ugandan children, like at the age of five, I felt like I could do everything. Like I can cook clean. <laughs> Yeah, and take yeah, care of someone absolutely. i feel grown like when we were in uganda it just felt like as a child you weren't really a child you i were think grown-ass woman yeah <laughs> i think in uganda was um once you get to like yeah the age of five they start sort of preparing you to sort of like um be an adult and um that that's probably why you felt like you were grown because like they probably started teaching you that these are the things that you should be doing cooking cleaning that mm-hmm. sort of thing and yet, yeah. when I came to I England, think... I decided to go and party. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I don't I... think it's at the age of five, though. Yeah, um, I felt quite young. Like, I, I felt grown. Like six, seven, maybe. What? No, I felt grown, and I came here when I was nine, so... Yeah, although, to be honest, um, what you're saying is absolutely right, because I remember when I went to uni, I knew how to cook, and some people didn't know how to cook. So, and I think that's because I was taught how to cook from a very young age. Like clean all of that, so I I guess so. And you can only think about it as being weird when you compare in school. Like when I was in primary school, I looked at other kids; they weren't, they couldn't do anything really. Barely do their own <laughs> laces, and I'm out here taking <laughs> my sister home and things like that, going to the supermarket. 
Um, and it only feels weird once you can see someone else's life is a bit yeah. different. But actually, I'm really grateful that I was taught all those skills because, like you said, when you get to uni, you see people can't even make beans on toast. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to be fair, though, I feel like childhood is a Western construct because, like, back in the day, kids were working in the mines. Yeah. Right. All of that stuff. Um, and they kind of have a bit of that. No one's working in the mines in Uganda. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, <laughs> it's quite Western to have your kids, like, coddled and have all of this, like, oh, she's only seven she can't yes. wipe her and bomb type situation um yeah it's definitely a very western thing so i completely get why our parents are just like you have hands like yeah. sort it. Out. i think also where like um in uganda where most kids are sort of like brought up as we mentioned in our first episode in boarding school um that sort of mm-hmm. teaches you to be more self-reliant and Absolutely. be dependent more responsible. on exactly be able to do the Setting things yourself, making your bed, Definitely. making your shoelaces, yeah, washing your clothes. That sort of teaches you to grow up a bit more. Yeah, completely agree. Would you say that this whole like growing up at like age of five, six is more like an ethnic minority type thing than British? One hundred. Definitely. Oh, British people. I want to say British because <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I don't know about the other. No, because I feel like, yeah, when I hear about even like Eastern Europeans, they're closer to our like cultural traditions than like english english people uh cooler you mentioned um kids being prepared for boarding school like learning tasks like washing up and stuff like that and it just reminded me that my mum was obsessed with me hand washing Mm. my own knickers Mm -hmm. and stuff when i was like eight years old which i didn't realize was weird (laughs) until my friends i was at my best friend's house and she's just chucking her laundry like (laughs) in the basket and i'm thinking aren't you gonna go to the bathroom (laughs) get a basin and start washing your underwear (laughs) that is actually the one chore i wish i didn't have to do it was just ridiculous did you have to like hand wash your underwear and then that's it. Or yeah. did you hand wash it for a bit and then put it in the machine then? No, I no, had to hand wash it. it. I did And then it. put it on the heater and then I could wear it. <laughs> I didn't know Auntie made you do that. That's quite mad. Mate. But I actually also remember, I agree with you, Miss Nalukenge, that I actually had to hand wash my underwear as but well Dukas, when I came to the country. But you were hand washing anyways in Uganda. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, this is not new. I'm shocked at no, Anne's story. But I was I was used to the bougie lifestyle. No, okay, I wasn't No, used you wasn't. You weren't used to it, babe. <laughs> you, you were hand washing. There was no washing machines in Uganda. I don't remember hand washing my underwear. Also, guys, what is more annoying about this is we hand washed for a couple of years till I got to like, I don't know, 13. Then it was okay to put it in the wash. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Why was I doing this? No, no, no. It wasn't okay, actually. Let me tell you what happened because I was the older one trying to sneak my <laughs> underwear in for years and years. And then eventually mum got tired because she kept seeing them ending up in the washing machine. So she was like, right, fine, just leave it. And that was a lot of work, Ida, because at that point I was 17. That's not finally okay. Finally snuck in my underwear. And this was kind of a very gendered approach because my brothers weren't out there wa- washing their boxes. Yeah, I was about but to ask. my mum wanted kind of... To, it's like, for example, when we matured and got our period, she was kind of like, oh, that, you know, you're becoming a lady, so just, you know, wash your private things yourself, which, yeah, <laughs> weird approach. Anyway... We got away with putting them in the, dish- in the dishwasher. <laughs> washing <laughs> machine. Do not put your underwear in the dishwasher. <laughs> Please. In the washing machine in Please the don't. end. But that's the one chore I hated to my core to this day. Wow. Also, I've just had another thought on the leaving your kids at home. And a lot of the reason for that is also because um, their education or their degrees weren't like acknowledged in this mm. country so the kind mm. of jobs you get you would probably need more than one to support mm. because you wouldn't be able to do your actual profession because they're just absolutely wiped away in the uk which is such a shame because the uk also sends students to do like part of their degree in these countries yeah but then if you come from that country your degree isn't anything doesn't make any sense yeah, yeah it's ridiculous and when you move here can come here with like an economics degree and you end up in domestic work or mm. low-end jobs and that's why it would be extremely yeah. difficult to take care of i remember kids. i remember i remember my mom having to sort of like do her degree and also have to work but then she also has to bring up three other four other kids on her own so it does kind of like um it's quite difficult for single moms especially those that have come from um other from other countries to um to the uk so i can see why they sort of um would want to put some of their responsibility on the older siblings to sort of help out yeah. They're like superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's really puzzling that, you know, 
our parents you know migrate to this country for a better lifestyle they have all the degree they have all the qualifications and experience and then for it to be diminished to nothing and they have to start again from scratch so basically go back to uni and study yeah i just don't understand what what is that about like what is that about because if i came from let's say poland or somewhere else with a similar degree i would easily just fit in to the Mm. uk well it's it's just discrimination at its yeah. core, really. You're coming from a country that they don't consider... I mean, it used to be called the third world, which is not politically correct mm. now, but, you know, it's a third world degree, essentially, so it can't be good enough That's, in the Western yeah. world. I feel like they also think that maybe you haven't been taught the lessons that they would want you to sort of learn. Like, let's say, for example, if you're like a nurse, they would maybe they want you to sort of know about certain things things and you probably don't have that knowledge yeah, i'm not saying that's correct but i think that's probably where but where then that that sucks because they're saying i'm not capable of learning the english way or should i i don't know it's it's like i can translate my uh, my degree to be like similar to what they do in the uk like if i had a nursing degree in africa you can just do a, like a, a little a small exam and then just you know absolutely be able to work here exactly. so it's and also you've been practicing as a nurse in africa so how is it any different to treat a patient here versus in africa the bodies I mean? yeah the body's anatomy doesn't change exactly. like, I don't understand. because you're black or white it, it's exactly the same my blood mm-hmm. is red just saying yes it's actually it's actually so infuriating like my dad had a degree i think economics or something it's like a social sciences one and it's done in english so i actually don't understand they do like Mm -hmm. similar modules all essay based like it just became nothing Mm -hmm. yeah and as you said they had people coming over from the uk to do their you know sandwich year over there and get more qualifications and come back here and use that experience mm-hmm. to get good jobs and let's wipe know? all of those ones as well <laughs> if you're gonna do it <laughs> no, i completely agree um don't come to africa for experience I don't, <laughs> when i come over here my experience is not good enough no they, way they be going to africa for research like, <laughs> <laughs> i don't understand it why are you coming for research if you're not gonna accept the people who are from there who have researched what you're coming to do <laughs> and then you just don't accept what they've got it's really annoying I, it proper like annoys me because i know dad had, has a degree in maths I mean, one plus one is still two. I don't, I don't get it. It's a double standard. Those are just some of the hardships that actually a lot of parents do face when they come to the UK, really. Going back to Anne's point about um, not being able to open the door so your neighbours don't see that you've been left home alone, I think for our parents, there was an added fear of getting deported. <laughs> In terms of like citizenship, like that, there's a layer of that on top of everything where you're just trying to like behave in the system so that, you know, people don't take your kids away. I legit remember my mom saying that um, we should not open the door for anybody, like, um, and not just even strangers, but literally, like, any if you don't know someone's coming, even if it's a family member, don't open the door, because <laughs> you never know who you're opening the door to. Like, so true. Yeah, and I know her biggest worry was mainly being sort of deported. So, and also she kept on telling us to be on our best behavior, because obviously you don't want to go mm. in, you don't want to get arrested, and then you're sent back to your country sort of thing, so. You're being a menace. I definitely society. remember even when I was as young as like 10, not having citizenship being like this dirty little secret. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell anyone. Yeah, like, yeah. I didn't explain why I couldn't go to France in year yeah. five. I was just <laughs> keeping it to myself. I was like, um, and I knew I wasn't a citizen. I don't know. I didn't know what it meant, but I yeah. knew that I wasn't the same safe. as everyone else and I wasn't safe. Yeah. But also I knew I couldn't tell everyone. It's the weirdest thing because my mom didn't sit me down and tell me, never mm-hmm. say this, never say that. But I could just feel it. Mm-hmm. at such a young age yeah literally like in year seven um we have this trip to go to holland and mm. i'm begging my mom i know in my head i don't have a passport <laughs> I, I know it to my core but i'm begging my mom for this miracle this miracle passport that's gonna get me to holland oh, for this um uh, netball trip i don't even know what i told my friends i was just like oh i can't come my mom can't afford it you know it wasn't like i ain't got a passport you know sorry that kind of thing because then they will look at me like what's wrong with what's exactly wrong, what's wrong with this person but it was so frustrating like it was the first trip and i really loved netball i was into it and i really wanted to go but it was just like i don't even know what to say 
the can't afford it cover was my go-to as well because I think people just accepted that and they wouldn't ask any questions. But I do feel for our parents because they were working their asses off and here we are talking about them. Yeah. Like they can't even afford to send us <laughs> off on a trip that I'm pretty sure they would have put the money aside for, but... Better than saying you're not a citizen, to be honest. Yeah, we did it for yeah. good reason. Definitely. As soon as I got my passport, I went on literally every trip <laughs> abroad, mate. <laughs> I've, I think telling people that you don't have citizenship is such a, like, back in the day, was such a foreign concept. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. You can't travel. You can't go anywhere. You can't go to another country. Yeah. Everybody has a passport. Where's your passport sort of thing? Yeah. But um, I guess those are kids that pro- probably wouldn't understand the struggle yeah. of immigration. I also... I also think even maybe to this day, I don't know. I mean, we can speak about it openly, mm. but um, as an immigrant, when you come into the country, you don't have citizenship. It's it's still not something you go about shouting about, oh, I don't have citizenship, so I can't mm. go here and there. I, I don't think that's still, I don't think it's something that people still talk about openly. I agree. They should, but... Yeah, I think we're only talking about it now on this podcast. <laughs> yes. Because we've got our passports. <laughs> I actually think none of my um, friends would even know that I got my passport when I was in like year five or year yes. six or something. Like Yeah, like... Mine was year nine as well. I managed to finesse it till then. <laughs> yes. I finessed it all the way to year 11. That <laughs> <laughs> <I> was mad. <laughs> Going back to the question of um, what's the most rebellious thing you've done. Um, so... I so so me and me and Daphin, um like the cheeky kids <laughs> <laughs> like the cheeky kids we were actually me Daphin and Dana Dana just decided not to tag along um the night before we we discussed shoplifting in Primark <laughs> idiots <laughs> um so think about this is Christmas time you have you write down your presents and what you're getting everyone and um. Within that, you think, yep, I'll go get a top from Primark. We probably won't pay for that. And then we'll get something for someone else. That sort of thing. We actually had a discussion. Yes. I don't remember this. We had a full on discussion about it before we did it. (laughs) And (laughs) I don't know how we agreed that it would be me and Daphne doing it. So we went to. Dana um, wanted out of that situation. (laughs) Well done. I'm not about to get in trouble. So, so me and Daphne um, sort of decided, let's go to the Primark that's far away from the house because you don't want to be closer to, to your home. So we went to Primark in Oxford Street and um, that's the biggest one. So, um, yeah, so we part, we sort of like took a few things and paid for a few other things as well and put it all in the same bag. And um, whilst we're leaving, we actually got stopped. <laughs> and I was thinking, um, could I actually make a run for it? But it was so busy. There were so many people. And I know that I'm not a fast runner. So they're probably, <laughs> uh, probably going to get me within a second, within like one minute. So, um, yeah. So we sort of got arrested and taken upstairs in their little holding room. And um, they just started interrogating us. Oh, my gosh. Like, they were asking us, where are you from? What are you doing here? Why did you shoplift? Like, literally, there were so many questions. And imagine we're, like, I think I was um, 16. I definitely was probably about 14. Um, Yeah. And the one thing I remember during that interrogation was this guy actually specifically said, where are you from? And then we said, oh, we're from um, Uganda. And then he was just like, you're lucky. If you were from Nigeria and Ghana, I would have taken you straight to the police station. What? Wow. How is that? What's this I don't West African that, discrimination? You know? I've never been so glad to be from Uganda. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> no, literally, he said that. I will never forget it. I was In my head, I was thinking... Now, when I look back, I was like, this, that is kind of actually racist. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, was it a white guy? Yeah, it was a white guy, obviously. <laughs> oh, he had an wow. axe to grind with West <laughs> Africa. Yeah. Why does he hate Nigerian Ghana so much? I think maybe, maybe they're the ones that keep doing it on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah, yeah I struggle to believe that it's only Nigerians and Ghanaians that shoplift. And also, when they get interrogated, they say they're from Ghana. No. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I would say, say I'm British. from England. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but they, he probably goes deeper and asks them from what country. Because obviously, <laughs> if you say you're British, you're let's not lie, you're not you're not white, like you're black. <laughs> so you have to tell you have, you're from Africa somewhere. Where your parents from? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I've literally never been so proud to be Ugandan that day, and um. Obviously, he also um wanted us to call our parents. And um, he was like, and don't even bother lying, giving me your friend's number because I'll know it's your friend. <laughs> he actually would never know. He, he would never have no. known, but I panicked. Oh my gosh, I was literally begging and crying. And Daphne was just looking at me like... <laughs> she was doing some Fix next up. acting thing because, you know, Kula likes to act. And uh, she, I was looking at her like, you girl, you're crazy. And then um, I thought about calling Dana. 
we did yeah, think about we that. Did, we discussed yeah. that, but then we thought maybe not. Let's just do the right thing, and then we called mom. Yeah. That would have worked. That would have worked. I don't know what I would have said, but obviously, shoplift better. <laughs> <laughs> this was not the plan. <laughs> yeah, no, like, and yeah, we gave mom's number and they called mom, and um, she let's just say she was furious when we got home. Yeah. She was. Oh my gosh, I literally have never been so sorry in my life that day. I was literally, I was like, really, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine what mom was thinking or feeling, but I obviously she was furious. Um, but yeah, shoplifting as an ethnic minority, our parents will automatically assume this means you're losing your citizenship today. You know, that's where their, their, their mind goes. Yeah. Um, did you even have your citizenship? <laughs> I don't, I don't Why even are you know. shoplifting? I, I don't even know, but I, I feel like know. we probably did. That's the only that's yeah. that's the only time that we we'll probably take a risk. But yeah. I never thought as a child, I never thought that uh, if I do something bad, I can get taken back to my country. I never thought that. That's why that never crossed my mind. So me yeah. neither. But they must also be feeling like everything they've risked to get here can be taken away in like a click. Like your education is why they came here, Uh, their jobs, everything, like even before the citizenship. And in one act, whatever it is, that can all like disappear. Yeah. So it could be quite scary for them, actually. Yeah, no, I definitely understood like how why she was angry. And obviously, as you shouldn't be shoplifting. (laughs) There is that as well. (laughs) And, you know, obviously our parents have brought us up to be respectable, to be really responsible. So you have definitely gone against all the rules and everything they've taught you and where we come from or the community that we you know we we've been raised in and brought up in um people can't be hearing that your kids have been shoplifting like what on earth (laughs) do you know what i mean it kind of like when when somebody you know in our community i guess i'm just i'm just assuming here but i can't imagine this is true um when people hear that you know so-and-so's daughter's been shoplifting you know they were caught they're going to assume, your, you know, your parents can't afford to give you what you've, you know, you've shoplifted. They're going to assume your parents aren't teaching you manners or do you see what I mean? That's so correct, I, I could Dana. understand why mom was furious um, because it's it reflects whatever you do, it reflects back on her. Yeah. And this is such a big thing, you know, for ethnic minorities. You can't, it's such a big reflection of your parents and your upbringing. You can't be doing stuff like that. Um, yeah, no, I agree, definitely. Um, but, no one would find out unless she goes and tells them. The thing, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's be let's be realistic. It was just it was just me and a bunch of other people. Um, what's yeah. it called? The guy interrogating me and mom and just a family. So unless she goes and tells someone else, there's no way they would um, there was no way they would find out about it. I feel yep. I, f- I remember. I think mom got really emotional actually. I remember she, instead of getting really mad, she was like, don't I give you everything? You know, that yeah. kind of thing. Mm. Oh. She's a bit of an actress too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's cool that gets it from. <laughs> running in the family. Mm. I do think though, like um, in her fury, she had to speak to somebody. So then at that point, yeah. that's when everyone finds out. And in like Ugandan circles, the gossip just, the gossip mill runs. <laughs> Within days, everyone can know. Yeah. To be fair, though, like shoplifting or doing anything bad when you're black is already an issue. Like even to this day, I keep all my receipts. I'm always scared mm-hmm. that someone's going to accuse me of stealing. I get followed around in shops mm-hmm. consistently, like no matter what age, like fair enough, teenagers shoplift and stuff. But like when I'm in a supermarket and I've clearly picked up avocados, I don't need a security <laughs> guard. Like <laughs> what's, what do you think I'm going to do? Like, OK, so back on the most naughty thing I've done. Um, funny that I use the word naughty. Um, <laughs> I was a child. I was like in year six or something. And me and my friend, <clears throat> ooh, shouldn't be ooh. saying names, um, <laughs> concocted this plan um, to go to Oxford Circus. I think we'd seen that Mary, Kate and Ashley go to New York or something like that. <laughs> and we were like, yeah, we can do it during school. Um, so my dad drops me off at school normally. Um, I go to the playground to like um, line up before you go in. And then we decided to leave. We were going to go make it to Oxford Street. Mind you, I don't think I've ever been on a tube on my own. I don't know the way to Oxford Street. Um, <laughs> so we left. Um, we made it 30 minutes away from school. I was like starting to get jittered. I'm like, maybe we go back. But we were already lost at that point. We weren't even that far. We are just walking around tooting. Um, so yeah, eventually the police was called. 
there were like four helicopters looking for me. <laughs> it was really dramatic. I should not have done this. Oh my, God. my parents were in f- like from the moment from nine thirty. They called our parents because we weren't in we weren't in registration. Yeah, saying like, are they sick? What's going on? So from that point, our parents were panicking. Um, trying to find us the police was because like, it's inf- it's like minors that have gone missing yes yeah. so the police oh they called up all the shops and i was so scared my friend at one point was like should we call the police to help us and i was like no i'm gonna get in more trouble than you the hell Man you actually say you're gonna get in more trouble than her i knew the realities yes i was um, going to get in more trouble crazy? than her and the police also took us and interrogated us and i was always scared that that would still be my record but it's not Oh, speaking of oh records, my God. yeah, that's wild, Ida. I hope yes. my kids don't do that. I actually <laughs> remember being pulled into this plan because Ida was telling me her friend Ka- saying that name again. <laughs> she was telling me Carla. that her friend keeps talking about it, and I actually remember that she was bringing it up not because of a show, but because her mum had done it. So it's like she wanted to live in her mum's footsteps and she kept telling Ida, we can do this. And she bought all the props. And this is how you can tell. <laughs> she didn't think she was going to get in trouble. She bought the jumper for Ida to like cover up her uniform. She knew. She had a plan. Yeah. Um, she had like the backpack ready. Ida was just was being Also, I, I had second thoughts. Master That's why I talked criminals. to Anne. And what was the point? You got to Oxford Circus and then what? Uh, where's the buddy? <laughs> just being like her mum. So she could be like, I did that too. She just wanted well, to she can, okay, she can say that now. Um, yeah, she, <laughs> she's accepted. Kind that's, of. That's clearly she, a child that's not been beaten. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was a stupid one walking into my beats. <laughs> that's exactly what you were uh, I don't know if you got any, because mum, the minute she found out that I even had an inkling, <laughs> I was also in the naughty corner. I didn't understand it. She yelled at me. She's like, how could you know and not tell me? How could you even hear this plan and not stop her? I was like... I thought it was a joke because it sounds ridiculous. That <laughs> <laughs> is not going anywhere, but obviously she followed through with it. You know what? Going back to my story, my mom actually also had us planning it that we're going to go and short live. Oh my but God. She thought it was a joke. She was thinking, surely my kids would never do that. I raised them. Surely <laughs> they wouldn't. But she left us to learn our lesson. Wow. I actually didn't get beats, you know. I think I got told off and I had to do the washing for a week, but that's mine now, you know. Mm, I also is, probably got told something like Maybe that, even though I was not part of the plan. <laughs> I was a child, and you were old enough. Yeah, you're in I your, wasn't your ten, school, your though. nine, Anne. But I was like, she's not gonna do it. <laughs> you're gonna you do it. Told her. Yeah, I do sort of see why she was um, upset, and you re- really and truly, you should have stopped Ida from going. <laughs> <I'm> going. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys, <laughs> I've got nothing. <laughs> yeah, why is it in your six you thought? your white friend is going to get off doing this crime and you will get in trouble for it. Why is it, why is that your, how is it when you're 11 years old that that's your mind frame? The thing is, it's actually quite sad. Like I didn't have racism at the forefront of my mind at that age. Cause I was so young and I just felt like everyone's the same, yeah. but I knew based on like small ways in which I got told off that it would be a different situation. I knew at home when I do something wrong, the way I get told off is not the way she gets told off. Mm. And I know things are less severe. It's like a bit more like, oh no, like caring. Mm. Um, whereas I knew I'd get like the real stuff, like <laughs> get told off like an adult. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I remember that when we we're little and then we did something wrong. When we're getting told off, our, per- our parents would normally stress, you're black. You can't be doing stuff like that. And then I, I guess it goes back to, can't be doing things, <laughs> you can't be doing, um, you know, something that's going to be negative was black you can't be shoplifting black you can't be leaving school black (laughs) (laughs) you really can't you can't be breaking the rules when you're black yeah you've got to be on your best behavior so then what happened at school oh god this is so dramatic i remember feeling so ashamed of myself (laughs) at that age (laughs) so basically they put us in um separate um nurseries for a week and we couldn't go to playtime and Ooh. it's like, it's almost like I lost my education for a full week. <laughs> I was sat in the corner of nursery watching the kids and doing nothing. They brought me my lunch in that nursery classroom and I ate it there. I wasn't allowed to play with other children as if I was going to contaminate them and tell them friend? to run away too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> What about your friend? Um, she had a similar thing, but I feel like she got let out early. And mm. also then my head teacher spread the rumor that I have family problems. Did That's why whoa. I was trying to run away. Disgusting. That's why I was trying whoa. to run away. Even my friend um, told me, oh, they're saying, you know, you have family problems. I was like, how does she know in year <laughs> six? 
from the head teacher that I have family problems. I was like, I actually wasn't running away for that. I didn't want to do this. This is your plan. Yeah. The hell? It, sounds, it sounds like a movie, you know, when you, you're in a suburb, you know, that white mom really wondering if this black child is going to infect other her little other kids, um, you know, get them to be badly influenced and then they get to run away as well. I wonder what could have caused that. Maybe mm. she has family problems at home. I didn't discuss this with my parents. I was like, what on earth is this? And they had a separate meeting with her parents that I didn't get. So my mum and dad didn't come in for that chat before we got our punishment, which I, I noticed that at the time and I felt really outraged. Even at the point where my friend told me that she, they thought that the adults were saying we shouldn't be best friends anymore because um, of what happened. And that I have problems. Like I have family problems. So I was like, what on earth? And then actually, I wasn't allowed to be her friend because my mum knew it was her idea. She was like, Ida can't come up with this. <laughs> but and then I didn't listen to her, obviously, but it is a shame. So, yeah, my rebellious past. Um, I think the most rebellious thing I've done is, you know, back at college, probably around. I was actually an adult. I probably I was 18. Um, my last year. Of, was it my last year? Forget the details. <laughs> um. But yes, yeah, so at college, I was dating this guy. I don't actually know if my parents knew that I was dating this guy, but you know, whatever. Long story short, we were uh, breaking up. And whilst we were breaking up, we had a really nasty breakup. Um, this guy, he was just really rude, just a really cruel human being. And then basically back of the story is that he spat in my face. <gasps> And then I punched him. <laughs> yes, Dana. Yes. So, see you, Dana. No, basically what happened is he he kept going around school, yeah. Um, and my best friend at the time she was like, "I got your back, I got your back, yeah." I was like, "Okay, fine." And he just kept going around the school saying, "You know that girl, I'm just gonna run up to her family because he knew where we lived." And it was like he kept making this threats, how he's gonna come to my house, blah blah blah. And I was thinking, do you know what? I'm tired of hearing these threats. So I went with my friend. And I was like, "Look, yeah." Let's go to this guy because I'm tired of hearing it. And and he had already at this point he had already spat in my face. So then um I found him in school. I just punched him while he was in my face. <laughs> I just punched him. And my friend was like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think the teacher must have seen us. So they called us into that, you know, headmaster's office or whatever. Um and they suspended us. So we got like a week suspension each. And I kept re thinking, oh my gosh, what is my mom going to say? Like, this is the worst thing I could have possibly done on the planet. So obviously my mom got called in, told her the, what, what happened. I punched a guy, got suspended. My mom didn't even care that I punched a guy to self-defense. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. She was just pissed that I got suspended. Like, how dare I get suspended? It's going to go on my record. I'm never going to get into uni. I'm never going <laughs> to get a job. <laughs> it was really that Your bad. life's ruined. <laughs> God, it, it was it was bad so i went home you know i was having my suspension spent the week chilling but yeah she she was fuming and i, I kept thinking wow this is the worst thing i could ever have done my mom gave me all of these things and i got suspended in school but look at me now i'm fine <laughs> can i just say how much i respect you right now because that guy was a prick that guy was a bully he tried it you know if i ever see this guy in my life you know i know i'm supposed to forgive people and move on but my god if i ever see this guy I think I would punch him again because <laughs> the way he went around school, yeah, saying, oh, I know where you live. I'm going to come to your house. I was thinking, what are you going to do in my house? Do what? What are you going to do? Have what a cup of tea. <laughs> and the thing is, though, he kept, and he had like, um, you know, these friends. We were all a group, you know what, backstory. We we're all actually just friends. We went to secondary school together. Um, so we knew each other. But then we dated. Guys, never date your friend. Like I said. <laughs> it's going to yeah. end like that. Definitely no. <laughs> exactly. So we dated and then it just ended really badly. Um, and yeah, he just wanted to come up to my family. I was thinking, no way. Like, stop. He just kept saying every day I could hear it. And then one day I was fed up. And then he had enough to spit in my face. I was like, Do you know what? Punch. The spitting is outrageous. Like, I can't I even believe that that happened. I would have punched him like my hand, I, I couldn't, I think my body just reacted because I was like, <laughs> what the hell? So did yeah. you punch him straight after or, because it sounds like time, there was time no, there in between. Was, there was time in between. So he spat in my face. I think we were in like Croydon or something like that. He spat in my face. Then then the next time at school, he was going around saying, no, 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 no. I was like, Psh, punch him. <laughs> that, that should I was, shut I him was up. Tired. <laughs> I was tired. Did yeah. he stop after that? 
And we'll go to Twitter and we'll never talk again. We'll talk to stay away from each other. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Tactic. I think that's best. He didn't try to attack you, right? No, after that, him. we were done. I, I think our parents were cold in or whatever. I never spoke to him ever again. Um, I didn't. I pretend like I did, didn't exist. He pretended like I didn't exist. I hope Every from day. his point of view, he thought, I'm not going to mess with her again after that yeah. punch. He learned <laughs> he a lesson. I, liked yeah. I remember my friend he... just bigging me up. She's like, yeah. <laughs> I was shaking with fear and anger and also what my mom's going to say. But I kept thinking, why didn't you punch your guy too? <laughs> <laughs> you said you had my back. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, you did have my back. <laughs> no, but you know, you there are those people that sort of push you to, li- to, like, to just yeah. push you to the limit and literally one day you just react. Like, yeah. That's it. You see like, red. How dare you? Such a disgusting human being. I hope I never see him ever again. Mm-hmm. I know him. Even just thinking about this story makes me angry i know i know this, oh, even his name in my head i haven't thought about it for ages it's just oh, the devil's a liar <laughs> so my dirty dirty past eh um <laughs> generally i think of myself as someone who's a bit of a rule breaker anyway but in terms of rebelling um the one thing i can remember when i was younger is that for some reason on my birthday, um, my friends got together and they got me cigarettes. And it was just like, oh, you can have this pack of cigarettes for your birthday as a gift. I don't know why that was a gift. But um, probably because I hadn't smoked ever before in my life. Um, so I take this packet and I keep carrying it around in my school bag. And like, I'm just thinking, when am I going to do this thing? That's like this hardcore <laughs> thing, smoke the cigarette that I happened to be given for my birthday. And for some weird reason, I decided to do it on my own as opposed to waiting when I was with my friends. Um, so I decide on a weekday to go like to our garden. Um, it's kind of nighttime, so it's like, it's dark. Mm. And I'm just thinking, haha, no one will ever catch me. Oh, and, man. You know, like my mom's just indoors, but she won't catch me because it's nighttime. Weird, childhood, th- childhood mindset. Um, so I start lighting up and I start smoking. Um, I don't know what I'm thinking at this point. I just think I've done it now. What a rebel. And then um, my mum opens the back door <laughs> and she can see the smoke. And I think I've hidden the cigarette, but there's still smoke coming from somewhere. <laughs> and um, the stupidest thing I did was that I smoked at the door. I don't know what I was thinking, just no logic. Also, our old house was like, our parents' bedroom was facing the garden. So all you had to do was look out the window. Then she didn't even have to go downstairs <laughs> and you're in direct sight. I don't understand. This plan was so flawed. Did I want to get caught? That's why <laughs> yes. I think. But I look back on it and I'm like, I want to get caught. Um, so she opens this door. I look at her. She looks at me. There's a bit of like a pausing moment. <laughs> what are you doing is what her eyes are saying. And I'm just like, hi, mom. <laughs> and she's like, what's going on? I'm just like, I needed some fresh air. <laughs> no. Just imagine this like huge smoke around me and I needed fresh air and she's like what do you mean I could smell something and I was like I just came out for fresh air I came up <laughs> and then she just keeps looking at me and I look at her just like are you smoking and I was like no fresh air <laughs> but then she's looking at me she's like are you smoking and she starts to raise her voice she starts it's like, it's like she starts shouting I can't remember hearing it just like white noise um and she looks so upset I'm, I just keep thinking, has she caught me? I don't know why I'm thinking that girl. <laughs> she has caught me. But in my head, I'm like, the You're cigarette is still catch hidden. Up, boy. She can't prove it. Um, but at this point, she's already lost it. She's gone crazy with the idea that basically I'm a heroin addict now. Because that's what all African parents <laughs> that's think. You smoke, you're going to become a crack addict. And I could just see all her dreams falling <laughs> in her eyes. Like, I brought my child here to this country and she's now a crack addict. Um, and I didn't feel anything because I kept thinking... I've still hidden this cigarette. She can't really prove it. Um, and she storms off, goes to her room, locks herself in the room. <laughs> it was a real moment for her. And I just thought, have I done something bad? I kind of felt like I have done something bad, but she was obviously more affected than I, than I was. Because I went to school the next day and I just told everyone I smoked it. <laughs> I did it, guys. Um, yeah, I felt bad for mum. She did really look like her life was over in that moment. But Do you think that you didn't feel bad maybe because your friends at the time were smoking as well. Yeah. So you were like, oh, this is okay. It's like, I finally caught up. I was taking my time. <laughs> I had like quite rebellious friends and I was like the little one in the corner who was scared to do everything. So I just felt like, yeah, I'm on the same page, guys. I got although, it. <laughs> although backstory, guys, um, my mom, the one thing that she always says, you can do anything, all these bad things, True. but just don't smoke. She was mm. like, I think I find it really disgusting and it smells on your clothes. Like, please try something else. Don't smoke. <laughs> Um, so, and <laughs> there's that child trying it. <laughs> Took it to, f- wow. 
64, <laughs> didn't I? Did she um go down the guilt trip um sort of lane where she's like, what did I ever do? What did yeah, I do it was wrong? All of that. Oh my gosh! And to this day, that's why I'll always be more affected when someone says I'm so disappointed than when they're just like, oh, I'm really angry at you because mm. my mom used to pull that one out whenever I did stuff like that. Um, yeah, so now that we've talked about all the naughty things that we did in <laughs> our past, um, just posing a question, has anyone like ever left their house or gone somewhere else without their parents' permission or without them knowing? Mm. I feel like I that question is directed at me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not even just you. Like I think this was my thing when I was younger, going to places without permission, mm-hmm. uh, breaking curfew, that's mainly what I did, to be honest. I didn't come back till like midnight. I did some crazy crap, and my mom obviously was mad at that. I didn't do anything as wild as Dana. <laughs> um, I'll let her get into that now. No, listen, yeah. Back in the day when I was, I think I was 17. I definitely was not 18, so I was not an adult. Um, but I left the country to go to Denmark to see <laughs> my boyfriend. I don't even know. I don't think my mom knew I had a boyfriend at this age. Um, but yeah, so, you know, back in the days, MySpace days, I think I met this guy on MySpace, you know. He could have been a murderer. This, this is actually, actually quite yeah, dangerous. Yeah, it's quite but yeah. What I did is like, we met, we started talking, and he was like, yeah, I want to see you. He was like my age. And it was really cute. Um, so he paid for my ticket. I don't know why some of my, t- my age can afford a plane ticket, but <laughs> he paid for my ticket. I flew to Denmark. I can't even remember. You know, I hate flying. I'm so scared of flying thi- right now. So I don't know what I was thinking. You wanted to see Bay. I don't know what I was thinking at the time, but yeah. So go on a plane, met him. He was nice. We had a good time. Came back. My mom, <laughs> my mom never knew. I have no idea what I told her where I was. Until now. Because I now. think. Yeah, till this day, she doesn't actually know. Because I think I told her that I was going to do something, but I was gone for the whole weekend. Um, where did you where stay? Did, at his place. He introduced me to his mom. He was so oh, lovely. Wow. <laughs> wow. It was, their parents were so lovely, and they went away. So it was just us two at home. Some crazy scenario now I think about it. But also, yeah, so I kept going back and forth, and he kept paying for my ticket. And I think one day I missed a flight, and he was pissed because obviously I wasted his money. But yeah, it was cute. But what crazy? <laughs> That's some real love. Wow. Mm-hmm. I think I covered for you, Dana, because we were really I close like, yeah. back in the day. And she used to tell me about this guy and how she'd gone over and she was going to see him again. Um, he didn't even prepare for it, getting your lingerie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was on it. Um, I but I think so I was covering in, in terms that you were either at my house or I'd know where you were and I'd just cover for you. But What was my mom thinking? Where was she? Huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where was she? No, real question. I didn't even know you were missing. <laughs> Look. Real question. Where are these guys nowadays? You can't even get a guy right. to go for your lace wig and <laughs> <laughs> let her in your flight. Nah, it was a good time. It was a good time. Yeah. So, Daphne, um, I feel like this is something that we also did where we um, left the house without um, telling mom. And, um, so I remember this one day we went to our friend's house and they lived up the road, all three of us. And my mom was at work. Um, and then she called us and she was like, are you at home? And we're like, yes, we are home. And she's like, can you put on the kettle? Can you do this? And we're like, yep, it's all done. And she's like, okay. (laughs) And then she, and then she called us again. She's like, are you at home? And we're like, yeah, yeah, we are home. And she's like, okay. And then, um, then I think got really got really scared because she was thinking, I swear she knows. She yeah. knows we're not at home. Why is she calling why did, us like that? Yeah, why does she keep asking we're not at home? And me and Daphne were like, um, let's just ignore it. Like, <laughs> she doesn't know she's at work. But then we kept on thinking, even if she's at home, like, we're still going to have a good time. <laughs> <We're> still, <laughs> let's just continue having a good time and enjoy ourselves. And um, when we go home, we'll get, we'll get our punishment. I like that. Press the effort button. Yeah, there's <laughs> okay. definitely a lot. I'm going to get punished it. anyway. <laughs> Because it doesn't make sense. Why ruin the fun when you know that you're going to get the same result? She's exactly. already at home. Mm. You're still going to get in trouble. This is stuff I guess she sent back to Uganda lying. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of lying, um, I was very similar to Daphne in that I didn't... The thing is, my mum knew I was leaving the house, but she didn't know what I was going to do. So I was a little party animal in year <laughs> nine. So I was going out drinking, going to party, trying to... I was getting into bars. I was doing the most. 
Um, but I told my mum I was going for a sleepover. These sleepovers <laughs> were constant, by the way. Um, but it was a weird unspoken thing because I was like, you definitely know because I'm the walking dead when I come back. <laughs> and I don't know what's going on at a sleepover that could make me like that. But I remember one time I was looking at mum and I was throwing up red wine. And she could Whoa. see there was red wine coming out of my mouth. <laughs> and I just looked at her and I was like, I don't know what my friend's mum gave me for dinner. <laughs> she let go. My punishment was whatever alcohol poisoning I was suffering from. The kind of punishments I would have got. I know when we were younger, my parents used to throw around, you know, when you did something bad, the biggest punishment that we would be told that, you know, would happen to us is you'll be sent back to Uganda. And that is, you know, as a child, you know, I don't think we fully understood to what extent our parents actually worked to get us into the country. So being sent back to Uganda, it was such a horrible fear. You never want to be the one who gets sent back and kids were getting sent back. It's funny how they're using that as the punishment, but it's also the same thing that they're telling us, be careful, don't do this. You'll get sent back home because you don't have your citizenship. But then they're using it as also some type of punishment. You, I will send you back. Yeah. I guess in a way it's their worst fear. So they're putting that on you. Mm, yeah, yes. true. I never thought about that, but also they wouldn't send you back because how much money they spent to get you into the country. There's no way they would send you back. I think well, it would least... cost them more. They'd have to put you in boarding school. Yeah, actually being sent back. I think when I look at it now, it's happened to a lot of our cousins <laughs> for like a year or something when they misbehave. <laughs> but um, it's a luxury. They always go to like really fancy boarding schools and get sent treats because they were sent back it's like parents feel slightly bad mm-hmm. so you get the most up-to-date phone like you're really living you've gone on a sunshine yes. holiday and then you just come back like but knowing what kind of boarding school i went to i know my in my head it will be like you're going back to that yeah so it wasn't, it wasn't a fun idea for me when she <laughs> threatened it i behaved but also when you think about the kids that are being also sent back home to like um because they're misbehaving it's also a traumatic experience for them because obviously they haven't most of them haven't probably grown grown up in uganda Mm -hmm. so they don't know what to expect and everything that they love and treasure in the uk is sort of being taken away from them Mm, i guess but they adapt they seem fine yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. when they get that new phone and the new trainers Mm. they move on yeah it's can we remember why people were being the ones who actually were sent back why they were being sent back to Uganda. Yeah, I remember one of my cousins was like, um, I feel like he was just naughty for like an extended period of time. (laughs) So he used to do things like get in my mum's car and drive it a little bit from where it was parked, even though he couldn't drive. And he was literally like, at this age, he hadn't hit puberty, so he was like five foot three or something. Um, so he could barely like reach the stairs. So that's actually quite, that's dangerous. That's very dangerous. Actually, it's mad. And then he used to also hang out with his friends like outside of school, but like, you know, on the streets. Yeah. But just doing nothing. Um, yeah. I think just stuff like that. And then his mum watched him. He was like, she was like, all right, all right. <laughs> One yeah. day took him to Uganda under false pretenses and left. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, them dishing out this fear um, they're just trying to, in a way, discipline you so you don't get to cross the line. But think, you know, speaking about our stories today, we cross the line a lot. <laughs> mm. And I'm so glad they get sent back because the fear I had, I lived, I, was, I can't be rebelling, but apparently not that much fear. <laughs> you scared enough. I don't think there's anything we could have done us, us lot personally to be sent back. We wouldn't have been sent back. Mm. I mean, if our parents hear this podcast, they might they send might us back. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if um, other like African uh, countries or people from different nations. Yeah. I wonder, <laughs> that might not be the right word. But I wonder if they um, also threaten this because it feels foreign. Like it feels like a Ugandan thing. Like I've never really heard it in like Ghanaians, Nigerians or other uh, people who are not Ugandan. Like I've never really heard them say that as a thing. I want to know, though, Kula, what happened to you when mum found out that you had shoplifted? Um, so with the shoplifting, um, as well, as my friends know that my birthday is a big thing. It's a big deal to me. <laughs> it really is. And to me, that is, as a young 16-year-old, that is the worst punishment you could ever give me. Basically, she, the next day after she had sort of calmed down, she was like, you know your punishment? No more birthdays for you. No presents. <laughs> oh wow. my God. No birthdays. 
Don't even mention your birthday to me at all. <laughs> she cancelled it. Oh my god, she cancelled your wow. birth. Basically, our birth was cancelled. <laughs> wow, wow, that's worse than taking you back to Uganda. It actually is. And like, <laughs> me and David started crying and begging, like, <laughs> because that means no more presents, no birthday celebration, no nothing. Like, basically, it, it didn't exist that day. So wow, that wow, that wow. was our punishment, and she knew that would hurt. Like. No, in the coffin. Do you know what? I mainly heard about boys being sent back to Uganda, actually. So I felt a little bit safe in that sense. But um, I actually know one of our cousins that got sent back to Uganda for sort of being in uh, for sort of being very sexual. <laughs> was uh, a boy yeah. or a girl? It was a girl. <laughs> yeah. So imagine this young, maybe she was about six or seven. Imagine this seven-year-old um, who's thrusting on the dance floor. <laughs> 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 absolute like, legend she's a legend and um she's making all these kissing noises um <laughs> literally and she kisses everybody like on the lips and it's not even it's not on the cheek or somewhere else <laughs> it's on the lips and um yeah and every single time on the dance floor she's just doing like very weird <laughs> <laughs> sexual twerking, things that twerking. Uh, not even twerking because no, she didn't know twerking then so like basically like pretending like she's having sex but obviously <laughs> yeah and um the adults sort of like explained it as doing things that adults in a couple would be doing basically (laughs) (laughs) that's what they said she was doing and obviously the mom got slightly worried um in terms of what's happening with the child (laughs) and um she was sent back to uganda to sort of ground her a bit and um you know help her out (laughs) i'm just thinking about where did she see all these things Mm -hmm. i wonder as you've all gotten a bit of a glimpse of um, our personalities, we were definitely quite rebellious. And regardless of the risks, we had to try it and do the things we felt like we could get away with mm-hmm. or even in some situations not get away with. Um, but what it comes back to actually is in terms of our ethnic upbringing, this concept of doing something naughty and then getting grounded, it wasn't a thing for us. That's what you saw in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you actually had real, real, real life um, repercussions for what you did <laughs> as opposed to just being sat in a corner um being grounded would have been an actual luxury uh whereas we were facing potentially going back to uganda <laughs> or the dreaded army of relatives that would have come around your house told you about yourself people you didn't even know knew the rebellious thing you'd done are coming out of the woodworks <laughs> to talk about how you need to change your life turn it around we didn't want that intervention stuff so yeah i hope you've gotten a bit of a glimpse of how we were growing up and the things we had to kind of maneuver around to even be teenagers um and hope you've enjoyed listening to it bye guys bye, bye.